Hey, good morning, everyone. You know, we've been in this deep dive in the book of Ruth, and there's just so much to to pull out of just these short, short four chapters of Ruth book in the Old Testament. And what we've been discovering as we've been going through the book of Ruth is that the book of Ruth is really a book, when you begin to read it, it's pretty discouraging at the beginning. Um, you have someone who loses everything. You see the person of Ruth who loses her husband, the family that she's with, her mother-in-law loses um, her husband, and then her sister-in-law loses her husband. They don't have any children, and it just seems so hopeless. And and what we've discovered in the book of Ruth is is Ruth decides who to follow her mother-in-law, Naomi, back to her homeland. And Naomi is in uh, this land of Moab, which is kind of the enemy of Israel, but they went there because of a famine, and then Naomi's sons found Moabite women. And so we know that there was a crossroad. And so Orpah, one of the one of the daughter daughter-in-laws, went back to her country, back to her people, back to her God. But Ruth didn't do that. Ruth said, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you, Naomi. And where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people now. And your God will be my God. And where you die, I will die. And she clung to Naomi. And so they travel back to Bethlehem, where Naomi is from. And they're basically trying to scrape an existence together. And Naomi is even kind of discouraged, discouraging Ruth not to come back with her because she says, listen, the road that I'm on doesn't have a lot of prospects. The road that I'm on is pretty hopeless. In fact, when she returns to her home, she says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, which means bitter. Her life is bitter. She didn't give up on God, but she's just being honest. Life isn't great right now. And I think many times when we look at our lives and we look at the uncertainty of our lives and when things happen that are beyond our control, when things don't make sense, how do we have a faith in God to try to make sense of the things that don't make sense? And that's the struggle because it's in those times of our lives that we really have to reach out to God, believe in God, and it's a actually it's a walk of faith. God, do I trust you enough within this season of my life that you are going to provide for me? And it's in those times that we truly know who God is, that we know that God is a provider, and also we know that God is still good. And so little bit by little bit, what we see in in these just four chapters of Ruth, we see how God, in little ways, shows his power and his provision to Ruth. And now Ruth doesn't know everything, but little bit by little bit, she just trusts the words of her mother-in-law and puts her faith in a God that she never grew up with. But she's trusting the God of Naomi, trusting the God of her mother-in-law, and God shows himself to be faithful over and over and over again. And so Ruth follows her and, and follows her to, to Bethlehem, and, and so they go and they're, they're looking for food. And so they get there, and it's during the harvest time, and uh, so you know Ruth says, I'll go out in the fields, and I'll glean on the edges of the harvest, and a good owner would leave the edges of the fields 
so that those that were less fortunate could glean off the edges of the field. And this is where Ruth finds herself faithful, faithful gleaning the edges to get food for her and Naomi. And so she's faithful. And her reputation and who she is and her character is seen by others. And she happens to go into a field of a relative of Naomi named Boaz. And this is, this is important and this is vital. Boaz takes notice of Ruth. He takes notice of her character. He takes notice of how she's taking care of her mother-in-law. So she finds herself in the field, uh, gleaning the fields, um, getting food for her and her mother-in-law. And we know what we know of Boaz is that he is a worthy man. He's a, he's a man of character. He's a wealthy man. He's a man of integrity, a godly man. And he happens to be a relative of Naomi. Now, this is important. This is very important. Because what Boaz does is he takes, notices, he takes notice of Ruth's good character and her humility and her kindness. And Naomi knows that Boaz is the key to Ruth's future and tells her to take this next step of faith to initiate this relationship. And what Naomi knows is, is that Boaz could be their redeemer or a kingsman redeemer. And, and basically what that is, is it, it's an interesting term. Naomi understood the role of a redeemer. It's from a law in Leviticus 25, and a redeemer was a male relative who would have the responsibility to act on behalf of a relative who was in need, destitute, or in danger. And so what we learned last week is Naomi told Ruth to go to where Boaz was working and go and lay at the feet of Boaz when he went to sleep. This is really, really interesting. Because Naomi understood the law. Naomi, Naomi understood that Boaz could be the key for their future hope. So she laid at the feet of Boaz, and there was, there was nothing wrong with this. There was nothing out of place with this. In fact, it was a marriage proposal. She was asking him to be her kinsman redeemer. See, the law of Moses allowed a woman to ask the kingsman redeemer for marriage. There was nothing inappropriate about this encounter. She was dressed as if for marriage, and it was a wholesome thing. So she listens to the word of her mother-in-law. Now, to me, that sounds bizarre. Like, really? You're making me go all these guys are in this room sleeping and you want me to go and lay at the feet of this, of this man? And she's like, yes, Jesus, because she understood the word of God. And so did Boaz. And this is what we're going to read in the story today in Ruth chapter 3. We're going to see this encounter when Boaz discovers that there's a woman laying at his feet. He wakes up in the middle of the night and sees this person laying at their feet. Now, what we're going to discover as we read the Word of God today is we're going to discover that Boaz understood this too. And what we're going to discover is that Ruth had faith in something that she didn't really know anything about. She had faith to trust the Word of her mother-in-law when it didn't make sense. And her mother-in-law was trusting the word of God to step out in faith and believe that God was going to act on their behalf. See, this is where, listen, this is where our faith, just where we put feet to our faith. 
God wants us to move out and believe his word and believe his promises are true. And so Ruth takes this step of faith to believe that God is going to do this. She makes herself completely vulnerable to do this. And God honors her vulnerability. God honors this childlike faith that she has to believe that God was going to redeem her. So this is good. You guys are with me this morning. I like it. All right. I'm ready, man. I have, I have my espresso this morning, so I'm ready to roll, okay? So let's jump into God's Word. We're going to be looking at Ruth chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 6 through 18 today. And so let's discover what happens when Ruth goes to the threshing floor and, and, and lays at the feet of Boaz. Starting in verse 6, it says, So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he laid down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over, and he was surprised to find a woman laying at his feet. Who are you, he asked. It's dark, isn't it? I mean, are you going to kill me? What's going on here? What's going on? And she says this. Listen to how she describes herself. I am your servant, Ruth, she replied. And listen to what she says next, because this right here is, is the crux of the whole book of Ruth, right here. So, so don't zone out on me, okay? Here it is, right here. She says, spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. And listen to what he says. He says, the Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before. For you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary. For everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. But while it is true that I am one of your family redeemer, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Oh, man, really? Just when you thought they were going to get together, right? This Hallmark movie time, right? Just when you thought they were going to get together, all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's some other dude? We don't want this other dude. We don't like him. We don't want him. He's not the hero of the story. We, we don't want this. But it's interesting. He says, but, I, but I'm going to do what, what, what I can do. So this is what he says in verse 13. He says, stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well. And listen, he's following the word of God. He's being obedient. He's not cutting any corners here. That's what I love about it. He says, let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lay down here until morning. So Ruth laid at Boaz's feet until morning, but she got up before it was light. Enough for people. She got up before it was light. Enough for people uh, to recognize each other. She wanted to leave. Boaz wanted to to keep her reputation pure. She did nothing wrong. For Boaz says, no one must know that a woman was here at the threshing floor. Then Boaz said to her, "Bring your." (laughs) This is this is so amazing. the, The blessings of God. He says. Then Boaz said to her, "Bring your cloak and spread it out. Measure six scoops of barley into the cloak and place it." on her back. Then he returned 
to the town. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, what happened to my daughter? And Ruth told Naomi everything Boaz had done for her. And she added, he gave me six scoops of barley and said, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. And Naomi said to her, just be patient. Be patient, my daughter, until we hear what happens. The man won't rest until he has settled things today. Amen to God's word. Now we're seeing, Naomi is seeing the hand of God and she's trusting God and she's believing that he's going to work on their behalf. Just rest. Don't worry, Ruth. God's got this all under control. You don't have to worry. So what can we glean right away from these verses? Well, here we see right away that Ruth trusts God's word. She's vulnerable. She steps out in faith. She believes in God for her redemption. And so these verses are really the crux of the whole book of Ruth because we see her ultimate trust in God and not in herself. And she doesn't question it. She just does it. She doesn't question it. She just does it. So I want you to notice verse 9 because this is where I want us to camp out this morning is in verse 9 because this is so important for us to understand when we look at the providence of God and the provisions of God as our redeemer. That Because when God redeems something, he completely redeems it completely redeems it. And this is our hope that we have today. So Ruth says, she says this, she says that this is your servant and she asks him to cover her with his garment over her because he is her redeemer. Now, in other versions of the Bible, it says to spread your wings over your servant. Now, this is really interesting what, what did she mean by that? What, what is it meant that he was to spread his wings over her, spread his garment over her? Well, this can also mean the Lord's wings, the Lord's wings. So here's what we need to understand. In the word of God, the description of wings is a picture of God's provision and protection. So what she's actually asking Boaz to do is to cover her as her redeemer with protection and provision. That's what she's ultimately asking him to do. And he understands this. And so we can see a glimpse of, of, of this in many verses in the word of God. Let me just give you a couple here, which talks about God's provision and his protection through his wings. Psalms 36, 7 says, How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. There's a place that we can go to, that, that, that rock of refuge that we can run to, that God is our protector, he's our shelter, and he'll always be there for us. Just remind yourself of that. When you feel alone, when you feel afraid, when you feel abandoned, there is this place that we can hide in the shadow of God's wings that we can find our refuge and our security that we can find no other place. I remember when I was a kid, my dad set this great example for me. And I remember we, my grandparents had some property down, down south of here in the Bristol Hills. And, and uh, on the property, it was like 80 acres. But on the property, there was this one place that had this huge, huge rock. And I remember as a kid going there, and I remember sitting up on that rock with my dad. And he said, Barden, never forget that God is your rock of refuge, that you can always run to him, 
that he will always be there for you and he will never change. I don't know why I never forgot that. That image and that image of that rock and where it is is still in my mind today. And I never forgot that as a teenager, as a new Christian, a new follower of Jesus, that he is our rock, he is our refuge. He will never move. He will never change. He will always be there for us. Psalms 91.4 says this. I love this description. He says, he will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. God's promises are there for you and I as wings around us, as, as a promise of armor of protection that will always be there for us. And so what we see in Boaz, Boaz is this symbol. Boaz is a symbol of the character of God as our protector. He's, he's, we're seeing the character of God here and the character of Boaz is our protective. And I love this symbolism because the picture of a covering is, is very significant. It's, it's a picture of God's care over our lives. Now, we know that when God drew the Israelites out of Egypt, out of bondage, he wanted to have a relationship with them. It wasn't about just drawing them into the desert and giving them a bunch of rules and saying, okay, here's all the rules. You know, follow me and that's it. I'm going to get you in a headlock and I'm going to make you obey all my rules. No, what God does is he draws them out of Egypt, brings them into the desert to show that he wants to have a relationship with them. The, the commandments are guardrails for their lives so that their lives would be blessed and that they could commune with God and, com- and could commune with each other and have healthy, right relationships under the hand of God. And I want you to hear the heart of God in Exodus 19. Once again, we see the hand of God in the providence of God and how much God cares for them and how much God loves them. I love this. It says, Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain and said, From Mount Sinai. And he said, This is what I want you to tell the Israelites. Here is my heart. He said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you're to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. God says, I carried you. I'm the one that brought you through the Red Sea. I'm the one that provided for you. I'm the one that's going to provide manna for you in the wilderness. I'm the one that provided water for you when there was no water. All these things show God's protection and his provision that he would be with him. Now, Israel obviously lost sight of that so many times, as many of us do too, right? When we go through a difficult time, it's so easy for us to lose sight of God's promises and his provision and his protection in our life. That's why we need the promises of God. That's why we need to understand they are an armor around your life to protect you from the things that you will see and hear in the world that want to discourage you, that want to keep you from not trusting in the Lord. And so what Boaz does is, Boaz wants to honor God's word in the way that he treats Ruth. He honors God's word in the way he treats her. He, he sees her character. He sees how she's doing everything correctly by the word of God. And for, for Boaz, he doesn't, he doesn't cut corners. He says, listen, I want to redeem you, but I can't. 
Because according to God's word, there has to be one closer, and there is one closer than me. So I need to talk to that person before I do anything. And, and so he wants to protect her. He doesn't want to tarnish her reputation at all. Everything that is going on in this whole situation is, is by God's hand and obeying God's word. So what Boaz does is Boaz notices the character of Ruth and that she follows God's word and finding a redeemer and not just looking for another young man. He said, whether rich or poor, he goes, I noticed your character. You, you didn't chase after other people. That was just what you wanted, but you followed God. She followed God's word. She trusted the voice of her mother-in-law who was following God's word. And he noticed, he noticed that she was a woman of purity. The thing that Boaz noticed about Ruth more than anything else is that she was a woman of noble character. Isn't that amazing? A woman of noble character. The thing that Boaz noticed about Ruth more than anything else was that she was a woman of noble character. The word describes strength. This word noble describes someone of strength, power, and substance. Something deeper than what's just on the surface. Something, something that, that just has roots. Something that, that is more than just surfacey, you know, everything that looks external or on the outside, but something that has substance. And so why does Boaz use the word noble to describe Ruth? Well, he sees the way she conducts herself. He witnesses the way she took care of Naomi and heard what others said about her. Now, let me pick on my wife for just a minute here because she's not here. She comes to second service. I won't use this illustration, so none of you can say anything, okay? So, okay? Trust right here. Everybody, you know, put a lock on you and zip it, okay? So don't tell. But here's the thing. I remember when, you know, when I was because I was always looking for a girlfriend, right? You know, you just see, you know, I was the dateless wonder. I think I had one girlfriend in college. It was not a good scene for me. But anyways, um, God, thank God for Kathleen. But I remember just looking for that person that, that, that I wanted to date or eventually that I wanted to marry. And this is the thing that I saw in the character of my wife. She let me pursue her. She let me, like, I watched her from afar and I noticed that she wasn't chasing everybody or whatever. I noticed her character. But the big thing that I noticed one time in church is the way she treated her grandma. That's what I noticed. And I remember being in church and I remember her, you know, just, you know, coming to church and sitting with her grandma and her mom and how well she treated her grandma. That is a woman of substance, you know, and that, that's what I love. That's what I love about my wife. Listen, we live in such a world that everything is so external. Everything's on the outside. And what God desires for us, he wants a people of noble character a people that truly are deep in what they believe about God, not surfacey stuff. And so it comes down to a heart thing. And that's what Boaz noticed about Ruth. It was a heart thing. It was, it's, it's what she did. It's not what she necessarily said, but it's what she did. And it wasn't for herself. 
She was a servant. She was a servant. So what Boaz does is he, he, he tells her that there's a closer relative and if he is unwilling to fulfill his duties as the Kingsman Redeemer, Boaz reassures her that, that he will. And so what happens is that the, as the chapter ends, it's, it's Boaz blessing Ruth with an, ov- with an overwhelming amount of grain to take back to Naomi, her mother-in-law. And in this way, I love this, and in this way it shows how much Boaz cares about Naomi too. He goes, I don't want you to go away empty-handed. This is the way God works in our lives. He blesses us over and over and over again when we follow him. and We do what he calls us to do. He blesses us. So this is what I want to do. Let me connect this to Jesus. Because what we see going on here is a perfect picture of Jesus as our redeemer. And I love this. The way Boaz treats Ruth is how Christ treats us as our Redeemer. Jesus redeems our life. Not only does he redeem our life, but he blesses our lives. He shows us mercy when we don't deserve it. The the garment of Boaz covered Ruth, and I want you to see that the precious sacrifice of Christ covers us. That precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you and I on our behalf as our substitute covers you. It covers all of your sins. It covers all of your mistakes. It cleanses you anew and afresh to be able to stand before God, not in my works, not in my goodness, but in the goodness of Jesus Christ through his work on the cross. My, my question to you is this. I don't, I don't, I, should I stand in my own goodness? Absolutely not. Because my, my, my goodness only goes so far, right? And it, 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 it doesn't do anything in comparison to God's uh, perfect holiness and who he is. And so through the blood of Christ, we are protected and we are secure. You know, we used to have a, maybe some of you, you're, you may be old like me and, and Christian. Well, we used to say, you, you ever heard of the saying, plead the blood? We, we plead the blood. That, that's, an old, that's an old churchy thing. So, you know, Brandon's laughing because he knows, Pastor Brandon knows what I'm talking about. Plead the blood, plead the blood. Well, what do we mean by that? What, what do we mean by that? Because you're probably thinking, Pastor, your, your orange juice was expired this morning. I don't know what was in your cappuccino. But, but when we say that we are the, 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 the blood of Christ in his sacrifice, what it does is it protects you. It cleanses you. There is nothing the enemy can do against you now when we are under the protection of Christ Jesus. See, that's the thing that Ruth understood. She understood that the only protection that was going to come for her was under the Kingsman Redeemer. The only protection for your life and our salvation is under the protection of our Kingsman Redeemer, Jesus Christ. He's done everything to purchase you back. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Communion reminds us of this covenant that Christ made with us through his blood through his sacrifice. So the covenant Christ makes with us speaks these words of assurance. Boaz spoke words of assurance to Ruth that it was going to be okay. Don't worry. I'm going to do everything. Don't worry about it. And, and, I, and I love this. I love, these, I, I love that Jesus has this covenant with us. It's not a, it's not a contract 
contracts can be broken, right? If, if I don't keep up my end of the bargain, all of a sudden this contract can be broken. But the covenant that Jesus makes with us is a covenant in his, in his blood through his sacrifice on the cross. And a covenant, that's what makes marriage so beautiful, is that a marriage should be a covenant, not a, not a contract, right? Your, your, marriage, your, your marriage license doesn't keep anybody together, right? We, we know that, right? But a covenant says this. A covenant says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Jesus made a covenant with us through his precious blood. And under the shadow of Christ, we are protected and he calms all our fears. Naomi says to Ruth, be patient. Be patient. It's going to work out. God is working on our behalf. And so Ruth comes to Boaz with nothing. Let me finish with this. Listen listen closely. Ruth comes to Boaz with nothing but just faith and trusting the words of her mother-in-law to believe that Boaz would be their redeemer. Jesus receives us through his grace and mercy. We don't bring anything to the table. Our goodness, our religiosity, none of that matters to God. We come to him completely on the mercy and grace of God, and then he receives us. By faith, we come to Christ, and we believe what he did for us, and he receives us. Not only does he receive us and forgives us, but then he blesses us. He blesses us. He gives us a whole bunch of grain to take back home. No, no, he just, he blesses us with all kind of, of blessings that we can never even understand or think of. See, Jesus receives us when we come to him, when we are vulnerable and we don't come in our own strength, but we just come to him and just say, I need you. And he receives us. Ruth walked away changed. She walked away with this hope that she would be redeemed. And so my, here, here's my prayer for you today. Where, where are you today in your faith? Do you have that confidence knowing that Christ has redeemed you? Are you still doubting because of the things you've done in your past or you feel like you've never measured up? Or, Pastor, you know, I'm not a real church person. I didn't grow up in church to all that stuff. Okay, that doesn't matter. That, that's not the point. The point is, have you come to Christ as your Redeemer? You might be here too and you just say, Pastor, I'm just walking in in fear right now, in trepidation, and um, my faith isn't real strong right now. Listen, allow the promises of God to be your armor. Allow the promises of God to give you hope that He's going to provide that he will never leave you or forsake you. But it takes faith to do that, where I'm going to say, God, I'm just going to trust you. I don't know how, but I I trust you with my life, knowing that you know me better than anyone else, and you know my life, and I can trust the will of God because you're a faithful God. And when when we are in that, when we, we, we are there, that's where we find the joy and the peace that we need to live each and every day, even in the face of trials, 
even in the face of things that, that don't make sense, we can walk, it, walk with confidence knowing that when I'm with, with Christ, he's always there for me. He's always there. He's given me eternal life. And I will be with him forever. It doesn't matter what happens here on this earth. I know that I will be with Christ always. He's provided that for me. So you come under the headship and the covering of Christ and allow the wings of Jesus to cover you. And there is no storm. There's nothing the enemy can do to ever thwart the work of Christ as he's already accomplished for you. You come under that covering and allow him to protect you. Amen? Amen? Listen, I loved it when our kids were scared when they were younger, when Lily was younger, who'd she come running to? Mom. No, she would come running to me, right? She had a bad dream. Dad, dad, right? I love that. Because she knew she could run to her father and find that protection. Run to the Lord. He will give you his protection today. We serve a beautiful, beautiful father. We serve a beautiful, beautiful, faithful savior. He's such a perfect, good father in every way. So I want to pray for you today and uh, ask God just to help you with that and give you strength in what you're going through today. Amen. Would you bow your hearts with me? Father God, we come before you and thank you for your word today and the strength that we gain through your word. This example that we see of a kingsman redeemer that we see ultimately fulfilled in the life of Jesus, the son of God who is God, who came, gave his life for us. We find our protection under him today. And I pray for every heart here today that we would come under that covering, that we would come under your precious blood and your sacrifice. That's where we find our security. That's where all fear dissipates. That's where all insecurities dissipate when we find ourselves under the wing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I pray for your peace today. And I just pray, Lord, for those that are struggling today with their faith, that you would encourage them that you would show them who you are, that you are a faithful God. So we put our faith in you, Jesus, and you alone to help us in these areas. We love you, we thank you, and we thank you for your word, God. We thank you for your word. It contains all truth. It's inerrant, it's perfect. We thank you that it speaks to our hearts. We love you, we praise you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' wonderful name, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. We thank the Lord for his word today. His word is good. Amen. Amen.